Amen. We're going to read the scriptures together, and we're turning to the New Testament and to Galatians, Paul's letter to the Galatians, and the chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, we're going to read together from the first verse, and let us hear God's word together. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. How be it then, when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods. But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again? To the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage. Ye observe days and months and times and years. I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Amen. We land there at verse 11. May the Lord add his own blessing to this public reading from his own precious and infallible word, Jesus Returning together in God's word to the portion of scripture that we have read together. It's Galatians and it's the chapter 4. Just for a short time, I want us to come together around God's word. And this is the portion of scripture the Lord has laid upon my heart for this morning. Just to draw a phrase from Galatians 4 and the verse 4. And we center our thoughts around this, of course, this morning. You'll see in the middle of verse 4, it says, God sent forth his son. God sent forth his son. That's God's gift to this world. And today, I want to entitle the message, Reasons to be Thankful. Reasons to be Thankful. Let's just unite together. In a word of prayer and ask the Lord for help as we come to consider his word together. Our gracious God and our loving Father, we do praise thee for this opportunity of being able to come together for this time of worship. And we thank thee, our Father, for thy precious word. And we know that thy word is truth. We believe it to be thine own inspired and infallible word. And as we would come to consider it even now together, we pray that thou wouldst bless it, O God, to each of our hearts. And even at this Christmas time, we would have hearts that are thankful. 
And we pray that we would have help, O God, as we seek to underline these reasons to be thankful. Meet with us now and shut us into thy presence and glorify thy name in and through us. We ask these things for Jesus' sake. Amen. The portion of scripture that we have read together, it really sums up that which is central to our minds at this time of the year. And that is, of course, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. As the verse 4 says, God sent forth his Son. And we celebrate the Savior's birth and his entrance into this world. And this is therefore a time of the year to be thankful. We're thankful for all that the Lord has done for us in sending his Son. And while we should be thankful, of course, every day of the year and every moment of every day, yet I want to use this morning just to focus our attention upon these reasons to be thankful And let me suggest very quickly just some of those reasons to you. First of all, we can be thankful there is a plan. Thankful there is a plan. When you look there at verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son. And you couldn't dwell upon those words and consider those words without realizing There's a plan in place. When the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son. And with all of the references to time in the Word of God, here perhaps is one of the most important references to time. Gives us a clear indication that God was working according to a plan. And at that exact time, according to God's plan, God sent forth his Son into the world. In other words, that point came. That set time, that exact time, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together determined that time. They determined it in the counsels of the Godhead. When you think of that word in verse 4, when, they determined the when. They decided when it was going to be. And there was that set time when the Lord Jesus Christ would come forth into Bethlehem's manger. And the Lord was working according to that great eternal and sovereign plan. The plan is unfolded right throughout the scriptures when you think of the Old Testament and all of those prophecies and all of those promises concerning the coming forth of God's anointed Son. You think of the prophecy even in Micah, the chapter 5 and the verse 2, and it tells us the very place that it was to be in Bethlehem Ephrata, and the time was set, the time that was given for the Lord's Son to come forth. And we say that it was God's perfect time when the fullness 
of the time was come. The word fullness there means completeness. And so whenever the time was complete, whenever the time was fulfilled, whenever it reached that very moment, whenever it reached that exact and that pinpointed time, God sent forth his Son into the world. God's timing is always perfect. This was the perfect time. God's timing is always exact. Sometimes we could be waiting on a particular thing to happen, and sometimes we can get impatient, and someone might say to us, it's all in God's time. That's very true. Things will happen according to God's time because God is sovereign. God is the one who is in control. He's in control of all things and all of the affairs of life and yea, even of death. We can see many examples of it right throughout the scriptures that things were happening according to God's time. And even the psalmist came to that realization in the Psalm 31. And he said of the Lord, my times are in thy hand. My times are in thy hand. And that is a great realization for each one of us to come to. That our times are in the Lord's hand. All events as the Lord has planned them. William Lloyd it was who penned that hymn. I think there are the six verses in the hymn and each one of the verses starts with those words, my times are in thy hand. And that's where we have to come at times by faith and just leave that with the Lord. Oh, we would want things to happen in our time and we would want them to happen perhaps immediately and we lack at times that patience. But it is in God's time. In the Bible, in the New Testament, we can read of those who were waiting on God's time. You know, individuals like Simeon and Anna. And they were aged individuals, but they had been waiting And they had been waiting patiently for the Lord Jesus Christ to come forth. They were waiting for the consolation of Israel. They saw that time fulfilled when the fullness of the time was come. God sent forth his son. There was a time for Christ to be born. And the fullness of that time, the completeness of that time, the time which God had pinpointed and God had set, that time came and the Savior was born. There was a time for the Lord to die. There was that time when he would go forth to Calvary. You could trace it through the Gospel of John and there were occasions when the Lord said these words, My time is not yet come. Mine hour is not yet come. And then when you go on through the Gospel of John, you find that the Lord Jesus Christ then said, The hour is come. The hour is come. 
the fullness of the time was come whenever the Lord Jesus Christ would be taken and by cruel hands he would be nailed to the tree. These set times, the time for his birth, the time for his death, and yea, there's a time that's yet future when he is promised to come again. But when the fullness of the time has come, the Lord will break through. He'll come in great power and glory. There is a plan. Thank God today. Thank God today there is a plan. When the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son. And what we read off in the word of God is the unfolding of that plan and every verse that you could turn to and every verse that you associate with the Christmas period and with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a further revelation of this plan. The plan for the Lord Jesus Christ to come into this world. It's a reason to be thankful today. Thank God there is a plan. But then the second reason to be thankful, thank God there is a person. You see that fourth verse, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, his son. And we're being pointed here in scripture to the person of God's dear son. God sent forth his son from heaven. And when you think about that, you're learning again of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's showing us here his divinity because God sent forth his son. He is the son of God. He therefore is the God man. He's God's son. He is the son of God. Truly, he is God manifest in the flesh. The divine nature that would be revealed in his divine power. And when the Lord Jesus Christ went about this earth and went about this scene of time, he was able to reveal that power. And you can think of the miracles that he was able to perform. The blind were made to see, the deaf were made to hear, the lame were made to walk. Even the dead were raised to life again. You see, he's the God-man. He's the one with that deity and that divinity. He's the second person in the Godhead. God sent forth his Son, that is, his eternally begotten Son. That even here they were astonished that the wind and the waves obeyed him. He could command the elements and he could say, Peace be still. A reason to be thankful. The person of God's dear Son in His divinity, then in His humanity. When you look at the verse 4 once again, it goes on to say, Made of a woman. And every one of these statements here, it carries great weight concerning the person of God's Son. And we thank God for the plan and we thank God for the person. And here's the Lord Jesus Christ and he's made of a woman. The humanity of Christ, the two natures that come together in one person. The Lord came from glory and he took upon him flesh. 
He took upon him the form of a man, a human body. And as he walked this scene of time, he knew what it was to be thirsty. He knew what it was to be hungry. He knew what it was to be weary. He knew what it was to sorrow. He knew what it was to love. That's why we can say today of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's the sympathizing Jesus because he was tempted on all points like as we are, yet without sin. And there he was in human form, God manifest in the flesh. John says he became flesh and he dwelt among us. Thank God for the person, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. In his divinity, in his humanity, in his humility. Verse 4 goes on to say, made under the law. Now here he is, the king of glory. The one who was there in eternity past in the bosom of the father. And yet he was willing to come forth from heaven's glory and willing to humble himself and come into this world to be born of a woman and to be made under the law. This is a truth that is beyond our comprehension. The one who thought it not robbery to be equal with God and yet he humbles himself takes upon him the form of a servant, submitting himself to the very law of God. He was made under that law. You know, whenever the Savior came forth in Matthew chapter 5, he actually said there in the verse 17, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill And there's the Lord Jesus Christ coming into the world, made of a woman, made under the law. And he's going to fulfill that law. In other words, he's going to keep that law in every detail. He's going to obey the law and he will keep it perfectly. That's something we could not do. But the Lord Jesus Christ came to do that for us. doesn't matter how good a person you think you are today. And you may be an upright individual to the best of your ability. You may be a good law-abiding citizen. You may be an upstanding member of this community. And you could seek to do many charitable deeds and you could seek to help individuals to the best of your ability. But we could never keep the law of God perfectly. In that epistle of James, he said, if you offend on one point, you're guilty of all. Therefore, every one of us today, by way of the law of God, we're guilty. We're sinners. We've transgressed. We have violated God's law. The law of God condemns us reason to be thankful today is the person of God's dear son divine human humbling himself 
and fulfilling the law and keeping the law perfectly for us. My, what a reason there is for us today to be thankful. And then thirdly, we can be thankful for a purpose. Notice verse 5 of this passage. Here's the purpose. When the fullness of the time was come and God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem. And there it is the great purpose in the Lord Jesus Christ ever coming forth. He was coming into the world to redeem. You're familiar with the word redemption. And it means to purchase. It's to do with the payment of a price. In particular, it's to do with buying back, redeeming something, is to buy it back again. In the context of the passage here in which we have been reading, it speaks about the servant or the slave. It's speaking about that bond servant. And here there is one who could come by way of the payment of a price and they could set that bond servant free. If they would pay the price for their redemption. And that's the term that the Apostle Paul adopts here. That's the picture that he wants to apply in the gospel. Oh, we were the slaves. We were in bondage to sin and Satan. We were enslaved to the devil and to the beggarly elements of this world. But the Lord Jesus Christ in coming forth into this world, in fulfilling the law and keeping it perfectly, and then going to the cross of Christ to redeem, to pay the price that we could be set free. The price, of course, was his own precious blood. The sinner that's held in bondage to sin and Satan, thank God, The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is able to set us free. You know, that should be at the very heart of the Christmas message. That should be at the very heart of our reasons to be thankful. That the Lord went forth to Calvary's cross and he was willing to suffer, to bleed and to die, to shed his precious blood. That's why he was to be named Jesus. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. It was by the precious blood. 1 Peter 1 and verse 19, the apostle Peter calls it precious. He says, we have been redeemed. Not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but we've been redeemed. By the precious blood of the Lamb. The lamb that is without blemish and without spot. And thank God that work of redemption upon Calvary's tree and the payment of the Lord's precious blood, it sets us free. It sets us free from the claims of the law that would find us guilty. Sets us free from that for the Lord Jesus Christ has fulfilled that for us. And it sets us free from the consequences of the law and the condemnation of the law. Sets us free from the curse of the law. Thank God there was a purpose. The purpose is to redeem. 
There's another purpose that's given there in verse 5. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Not only redemption, but adoption. The purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ was that we would be adopted. That we would receive that privileged position of sonship. We would be adopted into the family of God. And that's what the Lord himself said in John 1 and verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. The power. That's the right or the entitlement to become the sons of God. And everyone that has accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their own and personal Savior, they're adopted into God's family. And we speak about Christmas time as a family time. Well, all we think about the family of God. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a spiritual family bond there and it's a bond that will never be broken. We're in the family. If you're saved today, redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb, you've been adopted into God's family. That's a family that will never break. You remember the prodigal, Luke chapter 15, and he went away from his family, went into the far country. He spent his substance in riotous living. He found himself then in the mire, there feeding the swine. And in the mire he thought and he considered and he said, I will arise and I'll go to my father. My father into his house he had many servants and he said, I'll be a servant in my father's house. My father's servants have bread enough and to spare. And so he was happy to return and to be taken into the home as a servant. But whenever he got back to the home, he was received as a son because that family bond could never be broken. And the father said, this, my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And it emphasizes to us the sonship, that adoption into the family of God. It's a family that will never be broken. And we have that fellowship within the family. And we're able to lift our hearts heavenward together. And we have our heavenly Father. And we can say, our Father which art in heaven. The passage says, whereby we cry, Abba. Abba, Father. It delights the Lord that his children would look to him and would call him Father. We have much to be thankful for today. These reasons to be thankful. Thank God there is a plan. Thank God there is a person. Thank God there is a purpose. And then finally, thank God there is a promise. When you look there with me at the verse 7, it says, Wherefore? Thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. What a promise that is, that we're heirs of God. 
Wonderful prospect, a wonderful promise to the child of God. And this Christmas time, we can think of that great promise and we can be thankful. It's a promise that reaches out into the future. This time when you come to the end of one year and the beginning of another year, everyone is making uh, some forecasts for the future and wanting to say what 2023 is going to be like. And most people are painting a bleak picture for 2023. Spiritually, we can say the future's bright. Spiritually, we can say there's great hope for the future. Spiritually, we can say there's great encouragement. We have the promises of God here, and we're going to be heirs of God. William Carey was a great servant of the Lord, a missionary to India. And he went through many different struggles, as anyone would, in service to the Lord, perhaps most especially on the mission field and even in those days. He was at a particular place called Serampore. And there they had a warehouse where they, they stored all of their belongings and all of the things that they worked with. And the fire broke out. And the fire destroyed everything that they had within that warehouse. There were all the different printing blocks that they had for translating the scriptures into different languages. And at that stage they were working on 14 different languages and all of the printing blocks they needed for those languages, they were all lost. And many years of work was lost. They had reams and reams of paper there, 1,200 reams of paper for seeking to print the scriptures. It was all lost. Through all of the trials that William Carey encountered, he said, my future is as bright as the promises of God. My future is as bright as the promises of God. Child of God, no matter what difficulty you find yourself in, and perhaps even through this Christmas period, it's a difficult time for you. Perhaps it's a struggle for you. Oh, dwell upon the promises of God, the fact that we're in God's family, the fact that we're, we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ, and that we're heirs of God. My, our future is bright. We have that inheritance. An inheritance to look forward to. And again, the Apostle Peter described that inheritance. He said it's incorruptible. It's undefiled. It fadeth not away. And it's reserved in heaven for you. Who are kept by the power of God through faith. If you're saved today, you're in that privileged position and you have that entitlement as sons and daughters of the Almighty, that that inheritance is reserved for us in the glory and therefore we can look forward to that with thankful hearts. As Paul wrote to the Romans in Romans chapter 8 
And there, just to read two verses as I come to a close, verses 16 and 17, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. One day we'll be in the glory. We'll be glorified together with Christ and with every brother and sister in the Lord, even those that have gone before just a little while in front of us. Praise God, one day we'll be reunited together in the glory. I trust today that this message will not come forth just as another Christmas message. It's not just to come forth as cold truth, as a presentation of the facts of Scripture, but may it come with warmth. May it come with all the love that the Lord has revealed to us behind it, that the love of God would reach your heart today. And at this Christmas time, you would have great reason to be thankful for the Lord has saved your soul and the Lord has fitted you for heaven. May the Lord bless his word to each of our hearts. We're going to close.